The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now. All right, here we go. Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, and shifts in the wind. Mmm, shifting winds. Shifting winds, yes. I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. On this week's show, we've got uh, some recent tech news from the past 10 days or so, and uh, you, El Kaiser, have a new piece of gear to discuss. I do indeed. I do indeed. It's been a it's while. Been a I'm while. looking forward yes, to it. it very much so. Um, and uh, before we roll into the news, do you have any rantlets uh, you need I to do. Uh, the release? Go ahead. I definitely, I definitely have a rantlet. First and foremost, I can't wait for Discovery to come back. Uh-huh. I got to just get that out there. Star Trek Discovery. I actually can't wait for Orville to come back. No, I really? Realized, you, you were missing your space shows. You know, th- th- this is the thing. I didn't want to like Orville. I think we talked about this on the show. Yeah. I didn't want to like it. I didn't like Seth MacFarlane's stuff. He's a talented guy. Don't get me wrong. Hell of a singer, actually. Yeah. And he did not impress in his two minor appearances on Enterprise, Star Trek mm-hmm. Enterprise, but he's a lifelong Trek fan. And to be honest, Orville was family friendly once he got past the poopy jokes and the, the penis jokes. Yeah, well, I mean, you get that at a press briefing these days. <laughs> yes, apparently. But yeah. I must say, I must say, and I'll, I'll end this rant lit short because we've got a lot of stuff to talk about, but Enterprise itself. Yes. The third and fourth seasons picked up a lot of steam. The fourth season was great. Great. They did multiple arc episodes, which was fantastic. They were able to tell great stories. It wasn't like all the other Star Trek shows where it was like 45 minutes and they're, they figure, you know, it's done. Yeah. You know, it's, oh, it's all taken care of, wrapped up neatly in a bow. Good story arcs, the whole nine yards. But the last episode, the final episode of Star Trek Enterprise. The last in, one. The last one involved Riker and Troy coming back for an appearance and they're running like the voyages of the first Enterprise on the holodeck. And Riker is in all these scenes with Enterprise. It, it's, it's, it, it's just, I can't even describe it. It's so brutally bad. Yeah, so well, really brutally bad. His era was after Enterprise was set, right? I mean, and the, the whole Correct. timeline thing confuses right. me. A hundred years, like I think it's 200 years in the future. But the idea was that he was having some issue that he and Counselor Troy suggested that he check out the historical documents and the holodeck about the Enterprise. And it really crapped all over the Enterprise actors who spent four years doing the show and you know trying to make it as good as they could and and here they come in and just like it was ridiculous it was just so so bad sounds like a desperation stunt to like grab one little piece of ratings oh yeah and then you know then they had a i won't spoil it for anyone but then they had you know like one of these deaths one of the character deaths that was completely needless it was so bad in fact that apparently the uh uh, the actress uh who played uh to paul I'm blanking on her name right now, but she went on record before the episode dropped and said it was an abomination. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> if you can't stand by your work. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty bad. So I suggest that everyone who wants to watch Enterprise put up with the first season. The second season's kind of decent. Third and fourth season, definitely worth the price of admission. Do not watch the very last episode. Trust me on this one. Don't watch it. 
Yeah, I did that with Sleepy Hollow because I found out in advance what was going to happen. And I'm like, I'm not going to watch that. So mm-hmm. I quit the show for it ended. And you really liked that show. Yeah, it, the first season, it had a lot of fun stuff going on and, and you know, inventive casting and characters. And, and then they just kind of made it generic and boring. And then they nuked the fridge. And then, yeah, and then, and then they nuked the fridge and they, they did some things that I thought were stupid. And so I thought, I'm not going to watch this anymore. You know, time is too short. Yeah. Ain't nobody got time to deal with that TV. And there's way too much good television out there right now. Way too yeah, much. Yeah, we, we got options, you know. We do indeed. Yeah, yes. we do indeed. Anyway, that is my rant. All right. Well, uh, Discovery's coming back uh, in just uh, less, in January, uh, less yeah. than two months, right? Yeah. So, Same thing okay. with the Orville. I'm looking yeah, forward to it. Yeah, all right. He's got to hold out through the holidays. I man. do indeed. Whew. Speaking of which, eating season. Yes, eating season. Stretchy pants. Week. Stretchy pants. Time. Yes. Anyway. Yeah, so so let's let's do some news here because yes, I know you want to talk about your, your gadget there. I do. I love um, talking about gadgets. You know that. But let us start with Facebook. Okay. Uh, Facebook. Still shooting off various parts of its body with or without <laughs> the help of news stories and point out the company is uh, partaking of dubious behavior. Now, wow. in the latest kerfuffle, uh, the New York Times published a major story last week that exposed the inner workings of the social network uh, during the Russian election deception campaign. And, uh, you know, sort of when they had all that uh, security personnel and executives and realizing the platform was being manipulated, then they said, oh, yeah, eventually we found this out. But apparently in the story, uh, Facebook knew a little more was going on earlier than what they publicly admitted. Yeah, than what they let on. Absolutely. Yeah. And and there was a lot deeper stuff going on there. Uh, Chief Operating Officer Sheryl Sandberg was at the center uh, at a very aggressive campaign to, as the Times had uh, in the headline, delay, deny, and deflect accusations that the company tried to sweep its problems under the cyber rug there. The Times piece is very long and very detailed and worth a read. I can't do it justice here and, and just, you know, two it's minutes a talking read. about it. It's an it. absolutely great but read. But it's, it's a really deep dive in reporting of the inner workings of this company, and it set off a thing within Facebook itself. There was a lot of uh, internal dissent, and they, I guess they had to have a company meeting, and employees were unhappy with some of the details in the story, including... Uh, that Facebook execs hired political opposition firms to try to smear opponents while swaying public opinion yep. uh, to kind of get some heat off themselves. CEO Mark Zuckerberg held a meeting with employees last week and said he wouldn't hesitate to fire anyone who leaked to the Times or other media outlets about the company's uh, problems. But he's trying to do a lot of damage control. Sheryl Sandberg did not come off uh, looking particularly well. She came um, off looking in this- very, very bad. Yeah, and then there was some buzz that she was trying to perhaps uh, protect her own personal brand yep. for a future career or a return to public life mm-hmm. and maybe not so much the company and, oh, all those billions of people who gave their data to Facebook. So it was uh, it was not a very uh, good week for them, and uh, I don't think their uh, problems are going to get any easier. As you know, they have had those little problems with uh, protecting customer privacy. Oh, yeah, just uh, a little year. bit. Yep. And uh, that's gotten the attention of other governments pondering how to regulate social media companies. TechCrunch reports the parliaments from eight different countries have announced hearings and invited uh, Mr. Zuckerberg and Facebook executives to come testify, although I believe the company has declined to do so. So far, uh, the countries interested in asking Facebook more about its scandals include the vaguely United Kingdom, (coughs) Argentina, (laughs) Australia, Canada, Brazil, Latvia, Singapore, and Ireland. Um, Latvia. But I don't know. Latvia. Yes, Latvia is 
Latvia is not having, you know, their scandals there. What about Moldavia? Moldavia? Is that, that that's that, they're not worried yeah, I don't about think, it? I don't think they have, have weighed in yet. These are just the first eight. And I'm sure, you know, once everyone sees that these countries want to have Facebook hearings, they'll probably yeah. want to jump on the bandwagon and have them uh, too. Yeah, Wakanda's not but, worried though. Yeah, no, Wakanda, you know, they, they've got their own yeah, tech. Please, yeah. So, so we'll, we'll continue to watch that. Now, Instagram, uh, owned by Facebook, as we know, is also uh, getting into that practice of what Facebook was calling uh, inauthentic activity, which I guess was sort of Facebook's corporate speak for, for uh, bad actors and trolls and things uh, trying to make things not as they were. Mm. But uh, Instagram is uh, seeing that you know, stuff's going on there. It's not really so much the political misinformation that Facebook was dealing with. But the gram does not like those third-party apps that artificially inflate follower counts. They don't. And so it's using, yes, it's using machine learning technology to start yanking fake likes, follows, and comments from accounts that use popularity-boosting apps. Uh, We've seen those, you know, get all these followers. And The Atlantic also reports that hackers are now just stealing high-profile Instagram influencer accounts. And so they're not even bothering to try to build them up. They're just going to hack in and steal uh, the credentials of the influencers. I've never been an Instagram influencer. I don't really know what they do, but I just like, you know, feeds with goats in them and stuff. Yeah, apparently what uh, what influencers do is they sell like stuff. They sell you stuff. They they yeah. they, they like promote stuff. Yeah, so if a hacker gets a hold of that, then they can have uh, people buying all kinds of garbage yeah. that uh, the influencer uh, perhaps wouldn't really influence in, right. in real life. They wouldn't know what the heck is going on. Yeah, so um, so, so that's, that's what's going on there in Instagram. All right, so Instagram's ruined for me now too. Nice. Yeah, well, the, yeah. Nice. Since the, since the two founders left last month in a, a not a particularly graceful way, oh, yeah. I, I think Instagram's heading down uh, Facebook's path there. But speaking of information warfare, uh, I was reading this story, and this is just sort of a random thing that I read and thought it was interesting. The Wired UK site has an article on the British Army's 77th Brigade, which is the unit fighting Britain's information wars. Hmm. Now, the troops there have, you know, you know, the regular army guys, so they have all the army stuff, but they've also got electronic sketch pads, multi-screen desktops loaded with digital editing software. And a lot of people in this unit are skilled in graphic design, social media advertising and data analytics. And they are deep into the propaganda wars because militaries have to get involved in this stuff now, too. And it's sort of like the PSYOPs campaigns, uh, you know, of the 20th century mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the stuff where, where they would kind of fake people out. But here's this, like, sleek modern unit, and they're uh, going into the propaganda wars. And I think this just totally needs to be a Netflix miniseries oh, at some yeah, point. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's I like, would watch that. It's a nerd unit. Yes, you know, but, I would uh, watch that in a heartbeat. I would. T- I would. I want to write that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it was a fun story. It's in Wired UK. I'll, I'll post a link. Um, yes. But uh, moving on, could the triumphant sales reign of Apple's iPhone be slowing down? Uh, now, while the company's smartphones are usually a hot commodity for the holidays, Apple has cut production orders for all three of the spiffy new models it released in September. Uh, I guess due to lower than expected demand. The various models have also reportedly caused problems with Apple's component suppliers who aren't sure uh, what to order and how many people they'll need to produce phones for. So it's sort of messing things up because they've got all of these different models in the line now. Nobody knows what's going to be the hot one. Mm-hmm. They had that one, the XR, that came out a little bit later. So, uh, so things are not looking particularly rosy there. Add to that a marketplace that's slowing down and not running out to buy the newest model every year. And competition from other companies, namely those in China. Well, so I mean, all of this, I've been saying this all along. There's 
bound to be fatigue setting it. They're not innovating at Apple. They're just cranking out different versions of the same thing. They're t- and the phones are a thousand bucks. Yes, now. they're a thousand bucks. So, okay, you know what? They're making a, a, a ton of money, but they're not doing what they always did and what made them who they are, which was creating products that we didn't know we needed. Yeah. That was the so, whole point. I never needed yeah. an iPhone. I never needed it, but I got it. And, yeah, and, and then you had to have one. Exactly, and then I had to have a new one. And then my whole ha- yeah. family had to have. They're not doing that. I mean, and it's I've been screaming about this on the show for a while. There is there is no way but for them to go down. There's no way. Yeah. They can't sustain this level of success without generating other products that people are going to go wow for. And they're just not yeah. doing it. It's just not happening. Yeah, we even like the smartphone category in general. Like, yeah, Samsung's got this one that folds into a tablet. I'm like, I don't really, you know, it's going to be like $1,600 or whatever. The concept is interesting as like a sci-fi prop. I don't know how much I would use that in real life. I mean, maybe I have to see it to be convinced. But I thought, well, yeah, it's it's a phone and a tablet and it folds. And how long will it be till it breaks? Right. And also, but what's the need? What is the real need? Yeah. I mean, I, I I can understand the whole point about the iPhone was that it was a powerful computer in your hand. Yeah. I mean, okay. It's a communicator. And it's a communicator. Exactly right. It's exactly what all the star, uh, all the sci-fi geeks wanted. But what's next? What's beyond yeah. that? What's you know? And that's where that's some other company is going to figure that out, and Apple's going to go back to uh, being the underdog. Yeah. Well, you know, they, they did well in that role. but Yes, uh, they sure did. And all of this, you know, has also had an effect on their stock price. As you know, they were the first company that, that crossed the trillion dollar valuation sure. mark. Yeah. Stock has dropped a little bit. But uh, as usual, though, Apple is not commenting on any of this. And they're just uh, no, no. going yeah, on. But they, they uh, there's been a lot of uh, sort of business buzz about the problems they've been having lately. They need to do something. They need to do something yeah. quick. They, I mean, and you know what? As weird as this sounds, they need to go back to basics and start focusing on their computers again. I mean, yeah, per- computers period. and streamline the yep. line and all Absolutely. that. Absolutely. That's their bread and butter. It still is. I don't care how many iPhones they sell. It doesn't matter. They need to buff up what got them to the dance. And that's their PCs. I'm sorry. Their personal computers. But hey, who am I? I think they need who to make the iPod Classic again myself. Oh my gosh, don't even start that because then I'm going to get wistful. I'm going to get all nostalgic. Yeah. (sighs) No. Uh, Yeah, they really do need to do it. I miss it so. So do I. All right. Well, now also losing favor with the public, algorithms. Yes. A new study by the Pew Internet Research Center shows that Americans are becoming concerned over fairness and effectiveness of computer programs that make important decisions in people's lives. You know, things like credit card scores or, you know, risk assessments and all of these things being algorithmically based. Now, on a broad level, 58% of Americans feel that computer programs will always reflect some level of human bias and therefore um, not, not completely above board, although 40% think these programs uh, can be designed in a way that's bias-free. I think it depends on who you talk to of there. Of course. Yeah, I think we, we've read a lot about uh, there's always going to be the whatever embedded bias of the programmer in that algorithm. Yeah, we've talked about companies who suffered from, you know, biased algorithms anyway. Yeah, so so now the Pew Internet Research Center is doing studies and people are like catching on to these algorithms oh, yeah. here. Oh, yeah. Yes, uh, now uh, we discussed the possibility on our last show and uh, now, uh, yes, Amazon is going to uh, divide its East Coast headquarters between the Washington, D.C. area and uh, good old Queens, New York. Fuck. 
And uh, yes, <laughs> calm down, calm down. Yes, I know you were, you were, they hadn't fully made the decision mm-hmm. last time yeah. we talked, but now they've announced it. I'm going to be quiet. Um, yes, uh, and in a vote of faith about using the available transportation in either city, both New York and Virginia have agreed to help Amazon build a helipad at each site so company executives can just chopper over the teeming masses on the ground. Are you, so, are you, uh, no. Yeah, yeah, really? yeah helipad. Seriously. Helicopters, yeah. Yeah, the, the Amazon, it's going to be like a giant drone package, except it'll be like executives underneath. And, it's going to be. And then they will just pop over, you know, to their meetings and avoid all the traffic. It's going to be like Brazilian cities where executives, they can't, the, the gridlock is so bad that they can't even move and it's dangerous. So they just helicopter over to their jobs. It's going to, yeah. it, oh, oh, I, I just can't. I just can't. Yeah. I need a moment, JD. I need a moment. I'm sorry. Cleansing breath. Think about your gadgets. <laughs> yeah. Think about my well, well, gadgets, yes. Yeah, think about your gadgets. Well, here, here's a, a brighter note. Okay. Now there's a little bit of podcast news here. Okay, podcast news. All uh, right. Pandora has launched a podcast genome project yes, to they make have. personalized recommendations. This is much like the company's older music genome project that used uh, algorithms, yes. hopefully non-biased. Yes, yes. Uh, and human curation to offer new music to listeners. So this could be good for the podcast world. I think it'd be great for the podcast world. I'm looking forward to them uh, adding us to their uh, lineup. Yes. Have you played around with the podcast genome project? I have at all? not. I know uh, because of other podcasts that I'm involved with, I know that. Uh, there's great interest in adding a lot of varied topics, and I'm hoping to line us up, PopTech Jam, to be part of that equation. But I think it's a very exciting, very exciting development for podcasts, simply from a discovery point of view, just from discovering yeah. new content. That's the biggest drawback for a lot of podcasts these days is there's only really one place for you to go to find out what the new podcasts are, and that's iTunes. And, yeah. you know, it's difficult to get past, you know, okay, how deep are you going to dig past the f- top 20, top 100, top 200? So, I mean, I think this is a great, great opportunity for smaller podcasts, just like Pandora was a great opportunity. Rather, th- their original music genome was a great opportunity for for small music outlets and for, for, for bands that you never really heard of before. All of a sudden you're exposed to all these great bands and great music that you would not have heard of uh, on your radio or through any other service that you use. So I'm really stoked yeah, about that, well, Yeah. Well, that's what made Pandora stand out for me too. When a lot of the streaming services first came out because it had the music genome and it was pointing me to things like, Oh, if you like this, then try yeah, that. And yeah. it very gently led you and it, it didn't seem like a lot of the other services really were doing it at that point. I mean, Pandora's years and years ago. Of course, now you've got all the Netflix-style recommendations, and everyone's sort of fine-tuning their software for that. But this was sort of the original one for me, and it was very good at what it did. I still use it. I've never given yeah. up. I've never given up. Pandora is one of the first streaming services I ever used, and I'm still using it to this day. I'm really stoked for this. You have no idea how excited I am about this. All right. And well, not hopefully just, that makes you think happy thoughts. Oh, yeah. And well, I, I think I appreciate that because I think not even for us, I'm not just, just in general, for podcasting in general, because like I've been yelling about for a while now, I think it's become really corporate. You know what I mean? Shows like ours, that's a little, you know, it's a, it's a small indie show that we do. We get stomped out by these big monster event podcasts, and there's so many of them coming out, and some of them are just brutally bad. 
brutally bad that, you know, it's very difficult for people to find shows like ours. And I think this is a great, great tool. Hopefully, if done right, it'll expose people to a lot of other shows like ours. So I'm I'm really excited. All right. All right. Well, here's hoping and we'll keep an eye on that one. Yes, indeed. Now, film lovers may be excited to hear that the Criterion Collection uh, team, you know, those ones who make the lovingly restored classic yeah. films and commentary and box sets, yep. all, uh, those guys are going to be launching the Criterion channel as a Finally. freestanding service for cinephiles in spring 2019. Finally. The Criterion channel replaces uh, the Filmstruck service, uh, which is shutting down at the end of the month. I think a lot of people were very sad about that, the, the true hardcore film buffs. Yeah, but I think they're going to be happy um, about this. Yeah, no, and then the Criterion channel is going to do what they do best, you know, with their director spotlights and after retrospectives, lots of Hollywood and international classics and like those really hard to find films from around the world. Yep. And they're, they're going to throw in their special features with the commentaries and the original documentaries and behind the scenes footage. So people who love movies and love everything there is about movies will hopefully be very happy with this. I'm looking forward to this too. Two happy items in a row. You're pumping me there up you go. here. I'm I'm feeling like you're setting me up. I feel like there's no, a setup no, here. No, no, we're just, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're sort of in the back end of the news, so we're going to have some lighter stuff, gonna, and it's a holiday week. Well, that's so. true, but, you know, you're going to punch me in the head with a drone story now? That's usually... No, 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 uh, no, no, no. This next one... Killer no, Robots? This one does have some... Killer Robots? No. Okay. Mars. Mars, Mars, Mars is great. Now... Yeah, now remember uh, last year, everyone could sign up to have your name sent to Mars on that microchip yes. as part of NASA's InSight mission. I, remember uh, that. I don't yes. know if you did. I, I did. I got an email this week. It says your name will be landing on Monday, November the 26th, nice. 2018. So nice. if you uh, signed up, and apparently 2.4 million people signed up and put their names on this microchip, uh, all those names are going to be landing. On Mars, when Insight touches down, um, and then once it gets there, Insight will study the deep interior. Mars is doing all this environmental and rocky study stuff here. Mm. But NASA is going to uh, broadcast the landing live from Mission Control at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena, California. That's going to be at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time there on Monday, November the 26th. So if, if your name was on that chip, you can see it land on Mars if you're watching NASA. Well, you know, I didn't put my name out there because of privacy concerns, because I don't know if there's a Facebook on Mars that might get all yeah, my personal well, information. You were worried to, about the Martian spammers. Of course, too, Martian you know? spammers are worse than anything. Are you kidding me? Whew. Yeah. Yeah, Whew. so... Uh, but I put my name in, so my name's going to be you know, landed on Guarantee Mars, and they still won't be able to spell it. Yeah. <laughs> Guarantee you, you're going to get an email soon about a Martian prince who, I know. who, who has $50 million that needs to be Just down. needs a little loan there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, oh, I love everything uh, yeah, so, about so this. That's, uh, yes, yeah, so yay Mars, uh, yay and finally. Mars and finally. A facial recognition story that doesn't make us feel all minority report. Um, okay. Historians are using the Civil War photo sleuth web platform, uh, which uses facial recognition software to help identify anonymous 19th century portraits of soldiers who fought in the war between the states. Now, uh, I read the story on Slate.com. And uh, Slate goes on and says, when a user uploads a photograph, the software maps up to 27 distinct facial landmarks. Users are further able to refine their searches by adding filters for uniform details that could offer clues about the rank of the soldier. And from there, the program cross-references the photo with other images in the database uh, that maybe can sort of match the soldiers up. The final search results present an array of possible matches and possible names for consideration. So, you know, these guys who just got their their portraits taken and nobody knows who they were. Uh. 
uh, if they went on uh, and turn up in this database, maybe you can figure out who they were. Uh, but they're finding that one thing uh, that both helps and trips up the software, though, is those big, enormous Civil War beards, I guess, uh, depending on uh, the wearer and how they were photographed. It, it can really mess up the facial I can recognition I can see that. I can see that. Oh, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, this was sort of exciting. 19th century facial recognition yes. uh, to, to figure out who these Civil War guys were. Yes. So, um, so that's about it for the news. See, we got out without any drone stories. Yeah, but we do have one um, last sad thing we have to talk about. Oh, one sad thing, yes. Stanley. Oh, Stanley. We got to yes. pour one out we for Stanley. We got to pour one out for Stan. Yeah, I'm going to miss those yeah, cameos that was, in the uh, movies. Yeah, I hope he stockpiled a few. I you know, hope so. He, he was a planner. Oh, maybe they're going to. Uh, but yeah, he, maybe they're going to do him in CGI. Would that? Whoa, that would really not yeah. be cool. Yeah, I would hope they maybe he banked a few, but uh, but yeah, no, he was a phenomenal influence. Uh, he his obituary made the front page of the New York Times yep, it sure and did. was uh, news all over. Probably you know, between him and Jack Kirby and Steve Buscemi, probably created every Marvel character that anyone sort of has an emotional connection yeah. to. So uh, so definitely yes. Uh, Pour one out for Stan. Yeah. He uh, did so much for pop culture and uh, nerds everywhere. Yes, indeed. So that Excelsior. For <laughs> Excelsior, yes. <laughs> Excelsior. And so uh, that wraps it up for the news. And we will post a link to Mr. Lee's obituary from the Times on our show page. But for anyone out there who wants to know more about all the things we yammered on about, where can we find those links, Elkheiser? We can find them at poptechjam.com. Up next, you're going to talk about a piece of gear. I am indeed. J.D. Pedro. Last week I mentioned that I've got a bunch of stuff that I charge. A bunch of gadgets, tablets, slates, phones, doodads. Dude, just like a walker and battery store. Oh, please. There. It's crazy here. It's crazy. You have no idea. It drives my wife crazy. It drives my kid. My kids are happy about it because they inherit most of the stuff. They get to play around with this. But when it comes to charging this stuff, it's a nightmare. Basically, I have power strips and cables and wires, all sorts of stuff strewn all over the floors. In New York, you never have enough outlets. You never have enough outlet. Never, never, never. The problem is that with two kids, as I, again, I mentioned last week, it's a recipe for danger because you got kids that like to run around the house and they get this burst of energy. They're like cats sometimes, you know, all of a sudden they're like, zoom, they got to run to the, you know, whatever. So I have had occasions where my kids have stepped on an iPad or two or an Android tablet and, you know, I've, I've kind of had enough. So yeah. when the Apple phone, doesn't really test for that, you know, they don't, they really don't. On their gear. No, no, they don't. But I do remember many, many years ago we had, when my daughter was very, very young, when Nina was young, do you remember we had her test a military grade laptop by her jumping and stomping <laughs> oh yeah i think she yeah she she gave it a uh, thorough workout yes she sure did she was brutal with it she was she must have been two years old or three years old she went at it and now you know they're a little older a little heavier so you know her stomping on it would be a big deal but anyway i digress the folks at udoc u-d-o-q very kind fancy spelling yes fancy spelling and you know what it works. It doesn't annoy me as much as like when people drop vowels. They didn't really drop vowels here. So okay, I was very just, happy about that. Very happy about that. Yeah. Q, Qs are fun letters. Yes. Qs are very fun letters. Thank you. I mean, yeah, I thought I was the only one. All right. So UDOC, 
they have a series of what I call charging rails. And they're these, I mean, I, have you seen them? I mean, we're, we're in yeah, a bunker kinda this time, but you know, I, tubular sort exactly. of silvery things. Yeah. Right. And basically you just, you prop up the device on this rail to, you know, obviously connecting it to a connector and there's a master plug, which you plug into the wall and you charge your device in a very nice and lovely presentational mode. That's what I like to call it. Ooh, it's a presentation. So it's like a little... You can't see me right now, but I'm doing the Vanna White hand, the pan uh -huh. presentation. So it's like a little pedestal. It is a, a pedestal. It actually presents stuff and it's actually kind of useful because if you're charging it, let's say you have it on your coffee table. You know, you're in the living room or in your, you know, family room, you got a coffee table there and you, you're charging it, but you want to check something, it's still accessible and you can actually still use the device. It's made out of sturdy aluminum. The one they sent me was the UDOC 400, which is a 400 millimeter dock. So it's fairly wide, but they go up to 700 millimeter. So you can really pile on a bunch of devices onto this thing. But the, wow, so it'll look like a police lineup of just devices. <laughs> exactly. Going you know what? It's funny. Of course, my OCD side, I had to line all of them up in size order the whole nine uh -huh. yards. But the nice thing about these devices is that you can interchange the connectors because the connectors, they're proprietary connectors, which I, I have a bit of a quibble about because, you know, I would have liked to at least use my own cables. But you can order these cables separately. So the one I have actually has four lightning connectors, but I can remove several of the connectors and put in whatever connector I want. I can put a USB-C, I can put a USB micro, so I can mix and match and charge all sorts of devices because essentially in the back of the device, there's this sort of like this plastic case. And in that case is a power brick, which with multiple cables, which is actually doing the charging. So, you know, you fold up the cables, you make sure they're neatly put away, and it's covered up nice and neat. From a presentation perspective, it's really, really fabulous. It's, it's sleek, it matches the brushed aluminum of a lot of the Apple devices. It's a very sturdy piece of gear. Setting it up can be a bit hinky because you have to, you actually have to stream or pull these cables through and then okay, slide so you're them. threading, you have to figure out all the plugs Absolutely. that you need and then to thread them all You have the to rail. thread them in, and then you have to actually decide whether or not, you have to decide on the height of the actual connector and whether or not you're going to uh, anticipate using a case while you're charging or you're taking them out of the case. So there's a lot of these decisions, but it's really a one-time setup. Once you get through all the fussiness, it is on your table, on your desk, on your nightstand, wherever, and it's ready to charge. You drop it and you forget it. You set it and you forget it. You okay. know, I don't want to get sued by anybody, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So a lot of setup and then once it's done, it's done. You, it's you built done. it and it it's ready is, to power up your devices. I can't. It, this is one of those devices. I think I said this early in the show. It's a device that I didn't know I needed. Do you understand what I mean? It's yeah. like this, it fills a void. It fills a need that I didn't think was something I really needed to deal with. And it keeps children from stepping on your gear. Right? Absolutely. And it keeps your device relatively safe because, you know, you leave it on a table, you leave it on whatever, it could fall, you could spill stuff on it. This is a very, very elegant solution 
It's the UDOC 400 that I'm talking about here and all the UDOCs because basically, essentially, it's the same format except a little smaller. It's a very elegant solution to charging your devices. The big gotcha for me, though, it comes uh-huh. at a price. It comes at a price. Okay, it's so not, elegance is going to cost you. Elegance is going to cost you. So, for example, this UDOC 400. Now, I have the Apple version, which is essentially all Apple connectors, all Lightning collect- connectors, is $168.70 from the UDOC store. You can find cheaper deals online, but you got to dig around. But if you're buying it right from the store, it's $168. That is not an insignificant amount of money. Yeah, that that's like a gadget itself there. Right. But again, you can charge your you can charge your watch, you can charge your iPhone, you can charge your Pixel phone, you can charge anything. You literally okay, can charge Okay, so you basically treat it like uh investing in an appliance and once you have it, you have it and then you just go from there. Right? That would it's be- not like a something that you need to no. upgrade every year. Absolutely not. This is something you're paying for that ostensibly will last you for years. It is a very sturdy piece of equipment. It is a very useful piece of gear, but I cannot stress that it is also a pricey piece of gear. So if you're going to, and it's aesthetically pleasing. So if you, you know, if your house is, you know, modern and, and if this stuff really matters to you, and the idea of having cables strewn around your floor with your iPads and stuff tossed all over the place drives you crazy, then this might just be the thing for you. I, I'm really, really impressed by the quality of this thing and the convenience of it. Like I said, the UDOC 400 is a product I didn't know I needed. It's a luxury charger. Yes, it is. Luxury charging rail. I've seen the picture. It looks very sleek and fancy. And, and some people, you know, they, for that, you know, it's worth it to get the stuff off the floor yes, and to indeed. have a pretty thing. And then it's a conversation piece if you've got all your stuff lined up. It so. really is. You put it on the coffee table, people are like, what is that? Whoa. If that's what yeah. you're into, go for it. You can show off all your gear. Absolutely. You, you will uh, post a link to this on the show page. Not too, only will I post a link, not only will I post a link, I'm going to post a couple of pictures and maybe uh, maybe some words to go around it. That'll be up in a by the time you hear this podcast. All right. Speaking of this podcast, we've been yapping for a while here. Yes, I guess we, have. we should probably, and people are probably getting ready to go travel for their holidays. Or and, they're already they're of- sitting around post food binge and waiting to uh, you know just come down off the trip to Fan High. So wherever you are when you're listening to us, and we hope you uh, are either looking forward to a holiday, you had a great holiday, we will let you go here so you can do what you want to do because it's the weekend now, yes, practically. Indeed. Yes, indeed. And, and uh, we have to thank the bros. If Since it is Thanksgiving, we are thankful yes. for the bros. Thank you, bros. Builtbybros.com. If you think it, they will build it. And thank you, listeners, yes. wherever you are. We hope you're having a fabulous time. We will be back probably next week, I'm guessing, uh, with yeah. more tech news and, and more things to talk. And hopefully nothing that's going to make the Kaiser unhappy. Um, <laughs> no although promises. I can't promise. because yeah, No promises. Yes. The, the, the news can be a cruel, cruel Oh, thing. yes, it can. Yes, it can. Yes. But until next time, when we're back with more, I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosal. Everyone have an extra slice of pie. Oh, yeah. Pecan pie. Thank you.